Welcome back, everybody, to the Noted Podcast. It's dark on my screen, uh, and so I'm going to turn the light up a little bit more. But I know you've missed us, um, and if you haven't, then you will now, because we're going to have some hot takes uh, coming at you. So, as always, we're going to be talking about the unrated people, um, you know, in the NBA, and today uh, we specifically more wanted to talk about uh, the All-Star starters. Uh, I know those are not underrated people, but uh, we kind of wanted to get some takes uh, on everybody since it's kind of like uh, there's been some interesting controversy uh, and the first time that you know someone's individual name has uh, gone trending on Twitter because of his selection. So I think I can speak for all three uh, of us in saying that in the Western Conference, uh, we're pretty much like synonymously like, you know, in favor of all the people who were selected except Andrew Wiggins. Because yeah. um, obviously Jokic is Jokic, LeBron is LeBron, Steph Curry is Steph Curry, and John Morant absolutely deserves to get that starting nod. Um, but Andrew Wiggins... Um, let me let's let's talk about Andrew Wiggins. Like initially, what are yes. your what are your thoughts uh, about these guys getting in? He's not even the second best player on his own. <laughs> How is he? Like, it's 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 purely like a a problem of, of fan voting and the media voted him insanely high for no reason. He just I, I don't want to dis like disrespect the guy too much because I mean it's not really his fault. But <laughs> come on, Andrew Wiggins, are you kidding me? Like genuinely one of, if not the worst all-star starter of all time, right? Like that's not a controversial take, right? At least it I shouldn't so. be. I, I don't think so. Well, let's let's first talk about what uh what Andrew's been putting up statistically this season. So obviously he's on the number two team in the NBA right now in Golden State, which the reason they have been losing is because of Draymond Green, uh, or else they would be number one. Uh, but this year he's averaging 18.1 points, 4.2 rebounds, 2.1 assists. So pretty, pretty dumb uh, as far as statistics. Not anything mm-hmm. too like amazing. Hey. The amazing part about Andrew Wiggins, though, is he's averaging 48.3% from the field and 41 point, uh, 41% from the three, three. which is mm-hmm. incredible efficiency. But I don't think I've ever seen anyone receive this kind of like nod or award by being really good at field goal percentage, or else Tony, Tony Snell would be the starter here. <laughs> <of the year. laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Like those numbers are really good for Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, like, they're for good. Sure. They're good for him. Like that, good. As a uh, third, it's a good year. That's a really good year for him. It's not mm-hmm. an all-star starter. Mm-hmm. It's also awesome that the Golden State Warriors have like their third best player putting up that uh, that kind of number. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I I super second the notion uh, like Carson was saying about him not even being the second best player on the team. No, that's all I was gonna say. Like I, I would, like I wouldn't say that he deserves it this year, 
But if you were to tell me that Draymond Green was a starter, I would take that better than the fact that yeah. Andrew Wiggins got it. You know what I mean? Like, because as far as influence alone and what Draymond does for the Warriors, I can see it. Like, I can justify it. What Andrew Wiggins does for the Warriors is great. I cannot justify him even being an all-star at this point. Like, I wouldn't even have him in yeah. my squad at all. I, I would say so, that he would get the all-star because of the injuries that we've seen to, like, um, Paul George and uh, Anthony Davis, and that would put him in. Because, I mean, he is, like, you know, on the best team. You know, one of those best teams put in the yeah. best numbers. Yeah. But... I don't know. It's it's hard to justify for sure. Um, one thing that I did want to put into, you know, I guess put out there uh, about the player voting. So players also get a say uh, in yes. voting for uh, All-Star. Donovan Mitchell uh, received less yeah. votes than Carmelo Anthony. From players? From players. Yeah. Players disrespected he, him hard. Oh. He was he was the ninth. He was number nine in, in guards voted by players. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure he was below Dejounte Murray and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yep. You know, usually, you know, if we remember, the players voted Donovan Mitchell for Rookie of the Year. Um, mm -hmm. You know, four years ago over Ben Simmons. And usually this is not something Donovan Mitchell is only someone who usually gets snubbed out of like fan votes just because, you know, he's in Utah the market and all, and all that yeah. stuff. But when it comes to like coaches or players, like usually they give him a lot of respect yet yeah, this season, this is what we see. What, what do you think is the, uh, I guess like, what do you think led to that? Genuinely? I have no idea. Cause he's, he's having one like, I don't know if the numbers reflect it because he he started he started the season struggling, and but before he has this per concussion protocol and when he was out he was having like the best season of his career, like he was going insane. He's averaging like wasn't he averaging like twenty six points, something like that, and it, and it's just wild to me that it's so weird because you would think that the players of, of anyone on the Jazz that the players would disrespect is Rudy Gobert because you know. Players have disrespected him, and yep, he's the one that and, gets getting and, all the nods. <laughs> yeah, he he got like fourth in player voting. Yeah, and like it was, sixth in media. It was or barely something? so. Yeah, Rudy Gobert barely missed becoming an All Star starter because right. of yeah. four media votes that were given to Andrew. Because Williams. of the one, yeah. But mm -hmm. most players acknowledge that Rudy Gobert was over Andrew. I believe it just it blows my mind that Donovan was so low. I don't. I want to know when these votes were taking place. I was like, I think there's a lot of fans that look at the Jazz, and we're probably going to go into this a little more later, but just seeing mm -hmm. what happened when Gobert got COVID and seeing what happened to the team, uh, some some fans would, would, you know, in their feelings, say that we're a lottery team without Rudy <laughs> Gobert. And, and not, not to say that that's true, and also not to make that as like a, a you know, a dig at Donovan, but... It makes mm -hmm. me wonder if they see that and they're like, wow, Rudy Gobert is really good. And they're like, well, maybe Donovan's not as, you know, as much of a threat as we thought he was. But 
because it's funny this this kind of dip in form for the Jazz comes directly after Donovan wins Western Conference Player of the Month, which is it just it, it I don't know like I Andrew Wiggins didn't win Western Conference Player of the Month, you know like yeah the John Dejounte Murray didn't win Western Conference Player of the Month, so I look at that and I'm like the players must really have something against Donovan right now. I like, almost it just wonder. Has to be it. I. I I mean I have no idea. This is pure speculation, but I mean I'm sure the players aren't like going in and looking at everyone's advanced numbers and like oh yeah. where does where does you know where's Donovan Mitchell iPads. compared to Dejounte Murray? You know it's just purely right. like oh I play against these guys and I think I wonder if maybe they had just seen like they the NBA just gave him a list and they just had like a bunch of they had him because of the player like of the fan vote and Andrew Wiggins has been towards the top the whole time and I wonder if maybe like. It just wasn't like given much of thought. That's like yeah. the only thing I can think of. I agree with that, and I also think it's to a point you can see by some players that received player votes that there's probably a lot of players that don't even really take it seriously. Yeah. Because I, if I looked at it rightly, I think I think Jared Butler got a player vote, so it's kind of like what? <laughs> yeah. So it just kind of goes to show that maybe a lot of these players get in there they're like I don't give a crap, just you know, yeah. do whatever they want. But... It's weird. I don't it's I don't really understand it. And I mean, I know Donovan, if anything, this is like the kind of stuff that fuels him to be better. It's yeah. like he it almost seems like every time that he's like super highly regarded uh, by people that he doesn't perform super well, but when he's like when everybody doubts him, he like goes crazy. So And like it it was weird seeing the argument from a lot of people saying that like Andrew Wiggins deserved it because, like, what's another wing that you're going to put out there? Not realizing that you could, like, put centers out there and people are saying you can't have two centers. And it's like, you look at the East and they have Kevin yeah. Durant, Giannis, Anadokounmpo, and Joel Embiid who are all, like, 6'11 and taller. Right. Like, the the league has, has been, for the last decade, moving towards positionless basketball. Like, why are we carrying yeah. now because Andrew Wiggins got in, like... It, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like both, yeah. both Draymond and Rudy Gobert clearly deserved it. Yeah. Oh. I think, yeah, they're they're incredible, man. I, I think it's such a bummer uh, to do that. But at the end of the day, like, all this all-star nonsense doesn't matter. You know, it's whoever yeah. wins the championship. Yeah, yeah. So I know that's, like, the last thing on, like, you know, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell's mind. But... I think deep down inside, like, Rudy Gobert, even just receiving, like, from his fellow, like, players, you know, receiving that, like, that he's the fourth best uh, in the West is pretty cool. Just considering yeah. that you have, um, you know, players like LeBron James, Jokic, uh, Draymond, Paul George, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, you have, to, you have to think that the players care less than the fans do about this at this point, but... Who knows? I've also been hearing a lot of like talk about how the Phoenix Suns got snubbed from the starters, and so to mm. anyone who asked that question, I want to like I want you to legitimately give me one valid reason uh, why Chris Paul or Devin Booker is better than John Moran and Stephen Curry. Yeah, can't do it to me. I it wouldn't make sense. The Phoenix Suns to me are are not a typical like oh they have one super good player like they're just a full rotation 
of extremely, extremely solid NBA talent. And that's why they're so good. And they have, obviously, Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, which are all three of them, like, potential all-stars. Like, they're all really good. But it's not like any of one of them are, you know, like, Nikola Jokic, you know? Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah, yeah they just have an, an insane rotation, and it's that's hard, why they're it's hard to justify the one, you know. taking the the spot of someone like Stephen Curry or yeah. Durant, which is a bummer because the guards only get two positions, while yeah. like mm-hmm. front court players get the three because you know centers and forwards. But it's a uh, it's a it's crazy, man. I don't know because like Booker, I feel like has made a huge like jump in the way that he's played in his career like to this season i think most mm-hmm. notably like his three-point percentage um the, where the clip that he's shooting three-point is like nothing that he's ever done before like that's like the one thing that needed to improve in his game uh it's just more efficient because he's not a shooter he's like a scorer right but now he's kind of mm-hmm. becoming a shooter too and that's kind of crazy yeah um except when you know the raptors mascot is messing with you then you know <laughs> he gets a little crazy. He's so soft. Like he is uh, so good. That dude is so soft. Charmin, Charmin Ultra soft. Charmin dude. Yeah. Ultra. Yeah, but he's got. Goodness gracious. He's oh, got the freaking awesome. hardest man out there. <laughs> you can even say that. Chris Paul, dude. Oh, he's so smart. Love the guy. Very. Anyway, um, let's talk about Eastern Conference. So I think. Uh, Eastern Conference. I think the biggest uh, the biggest controversy, and it wasn't like really big, but it was either going Zach Levine or Trey Young. Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I see that in the case of Trey Young, um, he is like I believe he's the current NBA scoring leader. Uh, like he has the highest average of points, yet his team is in what eleventh place right now yeah not, not, um, not great but i mean think about where atlanta would be without trey <laughs> true i don't i don't want and, to actually that's, I would oh, yeah, not let's not talk about that because <laughs> they it's not like they have a bad team john collins they were great last Capella, year yeah dude uh, i don't Herder. they got rid of cam reddish know. was which was uh i i have thought about that because when we talked about rankings before the season, I was like, they're going to be like fourth, fifth seed. They're going to be <laughs> so good. And they have a, I, I wish I could tell you what happened. Cause I have zero clue. I, this was, I had, did not think at all. This is how their season would go. That being said, yeah. I'm not too shocked at the Eastern conference starters. When we talked no. in our, I think it was like a month ago where we said what our all-stars would be. That, those were my starters. Basically, exactly how it is and yeah. i i don't personally yep. see a problem putting trey young over exactly. uh zach levine and yeah. i like giving giving the nod to demar Derozan over zach levine just because yeah. i feel like you know, he's, he's had just, a bigger he's just been the guy because he's had the clutch yeah. moments but yeah. zach levine absolutely is like shooing oh yeah yeah oh yeah oh, for i don't sure. think it, i don't think it's very far trey young i think trey young just wins because of the scoring yeah yeah, and you take a look at the two of them, and I think, and this isn't a dig at Zach Levine, I think the NBA as a whole makes an effort to guard Trey Young more than like you'd take an effort to guard um, Zach Levine. 
And I think that's kind of how the players see it too. Like players, players go into a game against the Hawks. Like the de- the defensive minded players are going in like, hey, stop Trey Young. Like that's the goal tonight. Stop Trey Young. So I think if you look at it that way, like mindset of a player, like kind of makes sense that Trey Young would go over Zach Levine. Uh, so that that's the interesting part because in player voting, Trey was third and Zach was second. The reason why really? why Trey won is because he had the second spot in both media and, and fan voting. Um, see, that's just one of those things where you could li- really make an argument for either one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be mad if someone you know if, if Zach Levine had made it over. Like, they're both just so incredible, and yeah. it, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Yep. One one thing that I did want to point out, uh, there was a on the votes for players. Uh, in both fifth places for both backcourt and frontcourt were Cleveland Cavalier players in player voting. And that was Jared Allen and Darius Garland. And that's honestly Yeah, they so deserve cool. the nod. Because think, think about the names of the people that are here. So Jared Allen finished over Jimmy Butler, Miles Bridges, Bam Adebayo, Pascal Siakam, and Nikola Vucevic. Jared Allen. Good so. for him, dude. Good for and him. And then... Um, Darius Garland didn't get as much on the fan or the media votes as Jared Allen did, but still finished over Derek Rose and Jalen Brown, which was cool. And like, had he had a better like fan vote turnout because he was fifth in player voting, he was over Kyrie, Fred, Lamelo, um, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, that's cool. just saying, mm-hmm. you know, get your get your nods, and I really hope they do get the All Star you know, appearance, especially playing in Cleveland. Um, Cause I believe Darius Garland has only played in Cleveland in his career. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So yep. that'd be pretty cool. But all in all, I, I don't know if you guys heard, um, apparently NBA TV accidentally leaked um, one of the all-stars for the Eastern conference in LaMelo ball. Um, really? That, that yeah, it was like on the much. broadcast. Doesn't it was surprise like his, me either. That's so funny. <laughs> appearance, and it's not supposed to be like revealed till next week. Um, but they did it accidentally, so, so that funny. was kind of funny. Um, but I mean, was it's it a surprise? Like I don't think so. Oh. But, just like the voting process, it's all not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's something. But yeah, uh, I don't think anything was as funny as. Michael Jordan uh, leaving the the stadium the, the, uh, yeah. against the Lakers last night. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. Um, Good night, MJ. But all in all, I think everything else besides those two, there, there's really nothing else to talk about. Everybody deserves it. Congratulations. Uh, you know, give them their flowers. Um, but yeah, Andrew Wiggins absolutely does not deserve to be there. And what are you gonna Congrats do? to Andrew. I don't numbers. agree. Yep. I mean, if we're going to talk about statistics, then you better put Bojan Bogdanovic up there. Just saying. <laughs> so, it's a good point. Um, anyway, next up on the list uh, we wanted to talk about was the only real like contender that has kind of been <laughs> looking like pretender this last month. Uh, and that's purely because of health uh, and COVID. All that stuff's been ruining them. It's the Utah Jazz. And I think even having the Utah Jazz, like, right after Christmas, right, uh, where their record was substantially much better, they were third in the NBA, 
barely behind. I think it was like two games behind the Warriors and the Suns. You know, we were competing with them the whole season. Um, but then, you know, got into the whole health safety protocols, injuries, and Donovan Mitchell's been on like concussion protocol for like, I think he's already missed like six games. Rudy strained his right calf and then had COVID for like two weeks. But now we're getting into a situation where we have to really take a look at this team and see if these guys could even could have even won a championship, you know, as presently constructed. Now, all three Jazz fans that you see here on this screen, or if you're listening in, you know, or hearing us, I believe I can speak for all of us in the fact that we don't believe that they could win a championship as currently constructed. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Yeah. I have a whole lot I could say. Um, <clears throat> I. It's hard for me to sit here as a fan and look at our coaching staff and look at our players and think that they're like content with how things are going. Obviously, there's been like multiple losing streaks. And like as a player, you don't want to lose even if you're on the worst team in the NBA. But then you look at like the mental side of things and you're like, they're not the worst team in the NBA. And usually they're not even close to it. So it's like, what changes if they you cut out an idea where like, hey, there's no trades that are possible. Like we can't explore anything, which I'm not saying is the case, but let's just put ourselves in a situation like that. Do these players think that they're capable of turning it around? And that's the hard thing for me is because the way that they're playing right now, granted, they've had a couple couple of good efforts. They, they almost beat... Um, the Suns, they put in a good fight against the Warriors, and that's that's an injured team as well. But at the end of the day, you know, you're losing the teams like Detroit. You're losing the teams like Houston, which, like, there's no team in the NBA that's in the playoffs that should go into those games and have it even be close. So it's it's just hard for me to believe that the, the Jazz are in a good mindset, I guess, right now. Like, I think that's part of it. Because even if the Jazz aren't contenders, like, they should win more of the games that they've been losing. So it's like, are these are they worried about winning a championship right now? Or are they just worried about winning the next game? Because if they're worried about winning the championship right now, it's obviously showing because they're not winning the next game. Yeah. Yeah. Um. My, I, here's my thing with Utah. My thing is they have, when healthy, their top three is as good as anyone else in the league. Like, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, like, it, it really, it's really hard to get better than that. Especially for a small market team like Utah, like, that's as good as it gets. The problem with Utah, and it's really shown while they, while, while Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have been hurt, and as much as everyone loves Jordan Clarkson, I feel like Jordan Clarkson is a massive, massive issue for this team. Mm. Namely because he is an extreme negative on the defensive end. Like, it's really not close. Like, he's, he's by far the worst defensive player on this team to me, and it's not close. That's saying something. Yes. And um, <laughs> he... He, he plays a style of basketball while he's really fun to watch. And when he gets going, he really gets going. It, it, 
it is at the cost of he takes really bad shots Ugh. and he takes he takes the ball and he'll dribble for the whole shot clock and if he doesn't get a good shot he'll take a bad mid-ranger or he'll take a step back three with a with a hand in his face and whilst granted he sometimes makes it it's like the ball really sticks and utah like their their offense really relies on ball movement and like that's quinn's whole system is get shots at the rim or on the three-point line like utah i don't know if it's still true but for the longest time they took the least amount of mid-rangers of anyone in the league and then on the on the defensive end outside of rudy gobert there's like there's not one single point of attack attack uh defender on this whole team royce o'neill is amazing at guarding people that are bigger than him guarding wings but when it comes to fast guards there's no one on this team like i i've seen too much this last month and a half where we play someone and they just get downhill so easily and no one steps in front of them and they just get a shot at the rim or like a free floater like yeah it it, it is a little encouraging that we've been able to see players like eric pascal or daniel house or Daniel, I, I always mess up his first name. Like, they have stepped up, and they've shown that they could be legit, like, better defensive pieces. But you're not going to win a championship if you don't have good point-of-attack defense, which I just, the Jazz don't have. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you have the best defensive player in the world, if, if, you, can't, if you cannot guard someone driving down the lane, yeah. then... Your your whole defensive scheme is going to fall apart, and that's the Jazz's problem. Astute. I uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, so I guess at, at this point we, we're going to have to talk about trade deadline coming up in mm-hmm. what like twelve days, uh, twelve eleven days. Um, what are what are the switches or the changes that the Jazz have to make? Who do we need to like? You know, I guess what what's like our our players that are valuable that we could trade, who are players that we should look for, and is it even possible that we'd be able to acquire them? So I think out of out of three, I, I believe I've heard mostly the names of like uh, three specific players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your your takes on, on these guys. So first of all, uh, Harrison Barnes is one that has showed up multiple times you know we've we've talked about him on the podcast a bunch uh when the you know kings usually play really good at the beginning of the season like (laughs) every season and then they just you know so uh thoughts on harrison barnes and the issues that he could help us fix um i like i said i think at the beginning of the season harrison barnes was playing the best basketball of his career um he's kind of taken a dip but it's not been drastic by any means i think he's sick of the kings as much of the kings players are at this point um especially when harrison barnes came originally from it was like right as the warriors were really starting to pop off is when he was he was on there and then he went and signed a big contract with dallas and now he's sacramento so if, if you look at the attitude that he had at the beginning of the season, you apply it to a team like the Jazz, who were a lock for the playoffs, hopefully, anyway, and, you know, a piece away from a championship, yeah. you know, it gives, it gives a player like Harrison Barnes that, like, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm that guy. Maybe I'm that guy that can turn this around. And I think his attitude comes in, and he's an, he's an athletic guy who knows how to score. 
And even in close games, sometimes the Kings will make him be the ISO guy. He'll play the defense on the on the main the main attacker. And so I think a player like Harrison Barnes, if possible, and the Jazz can make it happen, if he ends up on this squad, I think he definitely becomes a positive. Yeah, I don't I don't hate a Harrison Barnes trade. My problem with it is I f- he's like there's like two or three guys I as I would personally prefer over him mainly because I don't feel like he j- fixes the Jazz's deep issues. While he would be nice and he definitely is an improvement of Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson cuz they've just been awful. I I think there are other pieces out there if that could happen I would rather have but Harrison Barnes, like, if that if I heard that, I would, you know, I would be happy. For sure. I, th- I think anybody would. And, I mean, just to have someone that's, like, I feel like out of the Sacramento Kings, like, Harrison Barnes is one of those players that just gives it a lot of heart. There's, like, moments where he just, like, his will, like, wins. And, and I think it would be really nice to have that in the Jazz because I feel like that's one of our fundamental issues is that we do not have a lot of, like, dogs, you know? That when they just get when they get in the zone, they're just like you're not touching me. You know what I mean? They're like I feel like he has kind of that energy. Um, so let, let's talk about the one that I think most people have talked about, yeah. uh, which is Jeremy Grant. What do you think, Reg? I love Jeremy Grant, but I just don't see a trade possible without giving mm-hmm. up a piece that we still need. Um, I do think that Jeremy Grant offers a whole lot that the Jazz lack. And I especially look at when Jeremy Grant was on the Nuggets. Um, he was the type of player where you could sub your stars off and he would take their load and do a really good job with it. Sometimes he'd have a down night, but for the most part, and especially in the playoffs, like the dude could keep up and he could make that bench unit really cohesive. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I, like I say, I think Jeremy Grant on the Jazz would be great, but you're giving up something that you may regret losing by getting him, which I, I'd have a hard time doing. So. I'm in the same, same boat. I, I love Jeremy Grant, and it's, it was clear from especially that bubble run for, for the Nuggets that he, he was a significant piece for them, and he was just so good. And, like, if you're a championship team, the goal is, like, you're going to have a really great starting five, but if your bench at the minimum can be a plus zero, like – you don't get as long as you're not a negative like that is a that's really solid from a bench unit and i feel like jeremy grant could he might be in the starting lineup depend on depending on who you trade but i feel like right now his his value on the market is is a little steep i, I don't feel like what you would give up is is an, is enough in return and i i would just be hesitant especially for a, a tanking pistons team which might be a little greedy yeah. Yeah, I mean a little greedy, but they also don't want to lose him on free agency either. You know? Yeah. Like True. the the way that I see it is you either are going to make a big trade, which I don't think that any team would want to. Uh, cause I, when I think about like actual pieces, like sure Kate Cunningham is there, but he's like your rook and you want to like build around him. And then after that, like what, Sadiq Bay? you know at, at most is like someone who would want you'd want to like also take but very different levels of like worth and value 
Um, true. The way that the way that I see Grant is the one thing that might benefit us in the end is the fact that he's still injured and that he's not going to play for a little bit, which I can see Danny Ainge like, you know, seeing like, hey, well, like, well, I can't even use this player right now. Why would I pay so much to have him? <laughs> and it would get to a point where maybe the Jazz have some youth um, on the team that they would want to have. Um, you know, I, I could see Udoka, Trent, uh, Forrest, you know, as maybe some of those like suitors, maybe even an Elijah Hughes, someone, people who've shown like promise that maybe don't have those opportunities because they play for like a playoff contender. While when you put them on like the Detroit Pistons, you could actually have some good value. So maybe we don't have to get rid of someone who's really good, like Bojan Bogdanovic, but they can still, you know, poach some of the youth. Um, and then that way we won't have to give as much draft capital uh, as we have in the past because we're still really struggling from that Mike yeah. trade. And that's that's the main issue <laughs> I see with the Jeremy Grant trade is the Jazz really don't have a lot of, of trade capital. Like Because the way it works is you're, you're not allowed to trade consecutive first-round picks. Like, we've already traded our one, I think, for the, what, 20... 25 or something till the end of time yeah it's it, so they we really don't we unless we acquire one and trade it like it's there's not a lot of, of trade of, of draft however they're like that is a good point the jazz have pretty significant young talent no. that have have really been impressive when in this mm -hmm. last month when so many when COVID hit and injuries and so I, it's not out of the realm of possibility for sure i just I I am I would just be worried. If uh if Jeremy Grant was on like the Trailblazers, like I think we could get him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, Cuz like the, the thing about the thing about Detroit, office. like Detroit isn't good, but I don't think their front office is terrible. Like Yeah. And if we're sitting here as fans and trying to like justify a way that we can get Jeremy Grant, like these guys are the professionals. I have a hard time that they're going to be like, "Oh man, yeah. Danny, you're right." We need to get <laughs> so I just don't I think the only way we get Jeremy Grant is if we give up someone like Mike Conley or Bojan Bogdanovich which I'm like no yeah. it's not it's not going to make us better at that point yeah you can't you can't lose Mike Conley absolutely yeah. not and we've given right. so much for him too like that yeah. would suck like that getting Jeremy Grant doesn't offset what we lose oh that makes you worse yeah and we need absolutely uh, yeah. the, the thing yeah. we can give up is is front court um, yeah. Now, speaking of the Portland Trailblazers, you know, there's also been talks about Rocco, uh, Robert Covington, uh, which could, you know, definitely help us out on the defensive end of things. And he can also stretch uh, the floor, which is like one of the things that we really like about Jeremy Grant. If anything, Rocco is more just like a discount, not ISO Jeremy Grant, <laughs> but he gives you everything else that you're kind of yeah. looking for. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I, Covington, yeah, go yeah. ahead. You go first. You go first. I am really not a fan of a Robert Covington trade, mostly because, like I said earlier, the Jazz really, really, really need a point of attack defender, and I, I feel like Robert Covington is more of a kind of kind of a Royce O'Neal type, like a like a wing, maybe help defender, but like and maybe like a secondary. Rim protector, if like Rudy Gobert or Hassan Whiteside go out to contest, which could be nice. I just, 
and I mean, I'll, I'll never give up size. Like size is always nice to have. I just don't think he f- fits the needs as as well as I would hope. Yeah, yeah, I I tend to agree. Like, if this was two seasons ago and Robert Covington was on the market, I'd take him to heartbeat. Absolutely. I feel like I feel like his his actual defense, like defensive abilities, kind of dropped as of recent. Um, not to say that he's a bad defender. He's just at one point he was like a borderline like defensive player of the year nominee. Like he was up there, but like now you look at what he does for the Trailblazers and he's good he's not great like i honestly think at their best royce o'neill can actually do exactly what robert covington does and maybe even do it a little better yeah but so having two of those guys is it a good thing i don't think it's a bad thing but like unless we're like yeah second rounder for robert covington i'm like no i'm okay does that change though because you know robert covington is playing for the trailblazers i mean i it must be really difficult as a player to like give a damn, you know, when you sure. when you're in a situation like Portland. That's you know, true. Where you're even seeing Damian Lillard, you know, with frustrating when he's playing. <laughs> that it, right. he's like wanting to win less because of like the situation, right? I, I just see that there's so many players like DeMar DeRozan who was like on, you know, San Antonio and you just saw what happened there, right? Like, no contention, and so he kind of just fell off the wayside, but then when he gets put into a winning situation, it's, like, night and day. Like, now he's an all-star starter playing for the Bulls. Yeah. And not oh, you yeah, have a point. Does, that, does yeah. that change with the Jazz, and does would that give him an extra, like, effort or extra energy, especially the way Quinn does his system to fight for minutes? You know what I mean? I mean, I, that's always a possibility. And it absolutely could happen. And I just, I don't know if I, if I believe I would, if, let me, let me be clear. Any of these trades, if they're willing to take Jordan Clarkson, I'm doing it. <laughs> like, I'm, that sounds like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I feel like Jordan Clarkson, yeah. even like people, I, I love him. He's like a, such a good guy and he's got such a fun personality but it, you cannot deny that he is a massive negative on the court. Uh, it hurts. And with how much it, like it hurts. Quinn Snyder yeah. loves him, and we, yeah, he I, will give him all the minutes in the world that he's due. So, if but, you but give me Robert Covington is, for Jordan, Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson, I'm doing it. Jordan Clarkson also has a huge contract for a bench player. You know what I mean? I don't think it's that massive. I don't. Wasn't it a three-year I'm, fifty-six? It's like thirteen. A year, I think, thirteen, and then fifteen, maybe. Let's see, I got it here. Four year, fifty-two million. Four year, fifty-two. Okay, so that's not as big, but still, like. Yeah. Still long because he signed that last year, so he still is owed yeah. thirty million dollars. You, you know haven't I mean? brought up this person, but I assumed you would. I want to talk about Marcus Smart because that's my number one. Like, if we can get Marcus Smart, I think that makes the biggest difference. And I I don't agree. I, I see I see a lot of people saying that the Jazz don't have a lot of trade capital. And when you're talking about drafts, absolutely, we don't really have, you know, right. picks. But I think there's a lot of value with Joe, uh, Joe Ingles, especially with, like, his expiring contract for a team like the Celtics that has a lot to gain from getting into the play-in tournament. They really need 
a playmaker. And that's what Joe Ingles is. And they could also benefit from a guy like Jordan Clarkson. Like, they just need ball handlers and people that'll, that'll especially Jordan Clarkson, that'll just go out and score. And Joe Ingles, who can run pick and roll, who is really, he, he's one of, like, even though he has not been good, like, this season, he's, he's really smart. And I, I feel yeah. like there, there is value there. I don't know if it's enough to get Marcus Smart, but I, I'm well, just saying I mean, there is more value than people say. If you if you think about the way, like, the, the plan of attack for the Boston Celtics is usually to just give the ball to Jason Tatum, right. you know? Yeah. If we think about how, you know, how you can change up schemes a lot if you have someone that's so good in the pick and roll. Because, I mean, you have Al Horford and you have Robert Griffin. I believe that's his name. Mm-hmm. Robert uh, uh, Williams. Uh, Williams. Robert Williams. Right. Sorry, I was thinking of uh, a football yeah. player. Uh, you have two <laughs> really incredible like talent, you know, big guys down there. Playing pick and roll could really open up uh, and have to pe- make people crowd the paint, and then you're giving mm-hmm. those shots to Jason Tatum, who could be shooting those from the three or getting those mid range, as well as Jalen Brown. Um, I just think it's having someone like that, you know, just agreeing, it just spaces the floor. And creates more opportunities because that's like what the Jazz have always been about is not like playing more mm-hmm. or less like ISO ball, but creating space for your teammates. Um, there's, yeah, go for it. Yeah, there's two things that I've consistently seen from the Celtics side that they have said they need, and it's very clear. Number one, playmaking. Number two, shooting. How Joe, Joe Ingles fits that more perfectly than any other role player that I can think and of. And it's it's almost like a free trial too cuz yeah. <laughs> you don't have to commit to having him for the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. It. Like if it's he gives you value because maybe he works out and he helps you get more better pick and roll numbers. He helps with your shooting. Maybe he helps you get sneaking cuz I think they're out of what the play in. I I think they're like what 11th. They 12th? are 8th right now. Oh, they're 8th. Okay. They're, they're still 500. like a team like the Celtics, I, as much as everyone says that we love champ, like the ultimate goal is championships. Uh, franchises love playoffs because they make lots of money, yeah. and I think a guy like Joe Ingles could really help them. And Jordan Clarkson, I feel like could help in the non-Jason Tatum minutes, kind of like how he's been with, with the Jazz. Where he, like other than this, like he has been pretty good in you know, helping carry the scoring load when Donovan Mitchell is on the bench. And I feel like he could provide that along with Joe Ingles. I feel like there is a deal there, potentially. Well, well it just is if, if Boston bites. Well, I think if there's a team that, you know, that we can kind of talk with that, we do have Danny Ainge. I think the Celtics are one of them. Um, and I, I do agree. I do agree with Joe Ingles. I, and as much as I've just struggled to watch him play this year, especially after what he's done in the past for us, I don't think he... I, I, well, let me rephrase this. I think in a new situation, he would actually kind of flourish a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think... Just to see him at one point being like a key component to this jazz team and now he's not i think him going to a new like having a new opportunity will give him like a new lease on life he can kind of play things a little differently and 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 i think him moving would actually be beneficial for him as a player as well 
So I think it just works out a little too well as far as a Marcus Smart, Joe Ingle swap. If we need to add a couple pieces, so be it. But it's still hard to see happening. One thing that I think about is maybe Joe Ingles is playing us because he knew that his contract was coming up, and so he's like playing as bad as possible so that he wouldn't be valuable at all to trade, so that he could then like you know turn it on later on in the season. You know what I mean? Nah, like, so that could nah. definitely be a possibility. That is a um, real. <laughs> no, all, all in all, I, I definitely agree. I think what Joe Ingles needs in his life at this point is to play with another Aussie, and I think he'll like just have a ton of fun because that's what I saw in the Olympics. Him and Patty Mills yeah. were just like this, man. If, like, if Joe Ingles could make it to the him. Nets, I'm sure they would love to have him. But not just talking about what Joe Ingles can give you this season, but I even think like – sign and trade possibilities giving him a like lesser contract or something that would you know mm -hmm. maybe a vet men could really give you open up some yeah. opportunities to trade uh for the next season but yeah, i think that, the yeah, real no, reason exactly. why boston might not be as great is because they have to get rid of either jason or jalen yeah so maybe you could trade us jalen brown well, you could start. You could start by getting rid of Marcus Smart and see if that makes a difference with Jalen and Jalen and Jason. You can see it. I mean, it's worth a shot. <laughs> and, and the benefit to Joe Ingles, another thing is, even though he's been off the bench, like he he's mostly been a starter in his career. He's a type of yeah. guy you could just plug right into your starting lineup, and he gives you size. And if you have too. if he's you have six, a seven. good center, then he's even better because of the pick and roll. Yeah. Which Alpha yeah, exactly. he's, a, he's, a he's like veteran. the exact type of player they could really use, man. When they need to go big and he can run point really well. And mm. I think even this year, Joe Ingles is at his best when he's dishing the ball instead of trying to score on his own. So Yeah. It helps. And he that's it's almost to a fault how much he passes. <laughs> which I think yeah. is something Sometimes. that the Celtics would definitely be able to use <laughs> yeah i agree for, for a team that does not pass the ball that much ball is very sticky over there oh yeah but sticky no balls. i i definitely think that he would be that would be the greatest look for us i really wish that we had more options uh and getting trades for like uh guards like defensive minded guards obviously the dream would be drew holiday because I feel like mm -hmm. he would literally yeah. fix every issue that we have. Having one of the best perimeter defenders and someone that can distribute like Mike Conley, that can shoot like Mike Conley, would be so nice. I yeah, think about a small market. Table. Yeah. You invest in a lot of money, and if it doesn't start to work out, you have to. You just have to be worried at that point. Yeah. <laughs> We're now, worried. <laughs> I will say this. I think that the Jazz as fast as possible need to sign Daniel House. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't get why they gave him another 10-day, to be honest. I think they should have just gave maybe him the contract. Just to play. Maybe it's just to make sure that we have roster spots available in the case of anything happening, you know, or just that sure. we have the money because then they can reevaluate once they've made the initial trade and then, like, work out the, the terms and conditions of Daniel's contract. But if we don't sign him up quick, then someone's definitely going to do it. But yeah, he's he valuable. Yeah. He's just, he's what we need, 3 and D, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. a little bit of a bigger body, he's strong, and he's been fighting for the minutes, too. And I, I think it's he been really him. cool to see him uh, on the team. And the same thing with Eric Pascal. 
where like yeah. they are just giving heart when so many other players have not been giving anything. Right. So. Yeah. My my final thoughts kind of about the Jazz is I don't think the situation is as bleak, even though I do complain a lot. I have complained a lot, I, I will admit. I don't think it's as bleak as many Jazz fans would believe or many NBA fans. I think this last stretch has really shown the front office like there's significant upside with with eric pascal and, and denwell house and i think there's a lot of defensive pot potential there for sure and they're shooting really well and i think there is a trade out there to to happen i don't think the trade market is as as bleak as we think i think there is a possibility where the jazz really turn things around I believe so too. Oh yeah, I and you, you, like I said, you, you mentioned the chats. If you ever see me in the chats, I'm the worst. I have not watched an entire jazz game in like three weeks because I can't handle it. It's bad on my mental health. I can't stand it right now. It is hard. And even I, the very pessimist that I am, think that in their hearts of heart of hearts, they can pull something together and say, "Okay, let's get it together. Let's do something. Let's turn this around." I think it's possible. Even even. With the team, without a trade, I still think that they can be somewhat of like a really dot, like a good team in the playoffs. I I'm not sure, like championship worthy, but you know, if they they've got the players, they've got the talent to do it. It's just a matter of them putting their minds to it and doing it. Yeah. Now a trade comes in, I think there is a potential chance that that shakes things up enough that maybe they can bite an edge, but we'll see. Yeah, I I think, and I mean. If you were to look at the chats, I I am positive to a fault sometimes. You know, I I like to think about all the good things that could happen because obviously I feel terrible. And I've watched every minute of every jazz game these past three weeks, so I've put myself through the the torture. Uh, but even I was starting to not be able to handle it anymore. <laughs> no, it's hard. It's but I but I have to understand the situation, right? We we've been in a really bad, healthy situation where players are just getting injured uh like there's even times where we literally had our starters and reserves injured uh and had to play <laughs> with our g league players you know first eight players were down uh which they did great you know and i just think that there's so much potential and if there's some players that can mentally just make a change and make a make an adjustment you know i i think about trent forrance being that person where like He's got it defensively. Most of the time, he makes smart decisions. But when it comes to like really important moments, he's not there, right? And I, I think having him turn it around mentally, where he can become an effective like three-point shooter, range shooter, that could be great. But for the time being, it's not that case, right? But sure. if we can get things back to where they were, where Trent is not playing as many minutes, not having to be tasked with all that, and you know now he's able to make more clear decisions and have more of a purpose, uh, and everybody's getting back into the rotation, I think come after the All-Star break, I could see us losing less than 10 games for the rest of the season. And that's really great for me you know, to think about because <laughs> it's possible, and the Jazz have done it in the past. Um, in even worse situations. I'd like to think the season, I believe it was the season that <clears throat> it was a Donovan Mitchell's rookie year. There was a yeah. game that we lost uh, to the Atlanta Hawks back when they were like really bad. It was like Dennis Schroeder and he dropped like, 
some like 40 odd points on us and it was just looking really bad for the jazz we had lost a couple games coming into that come post all-star break uh we ended up winning like i think it was over 90 percent of the games that we played uh that season and we went into the second round and i i think times have looked worse for the jazz and I think it's really hard to use this month as actual fodder to see why we would be a pretender instead of a contender um, because we haven't been all healthy. And, like, look at what's happened to literally, like, the Nets, the Heat, the Bulls, you know, in times where they don't have full health, they lose games. And that's just what's happened to us. We just have it over and over again for a whole month. So we'll see what happens. I still think that the Jazz... I think our best shot of, you know, actually making a deep playoff run is if we play against Denver round one, uh, if I'm being completely honest. So I, I think it would be beneficial for us to get into a situation where we maybe play, get get for the third seed and see, because I think Denver is pretty realistic to get the sixth. Or if we see that they're getting fifth, you know, try to get into the fourth seed spot and then go from there. Because playing any other team at this point... <laughs> It's going to be hard. I th- I even think Memphis is going to be a nightmare for the Jazz. Um, yeah, they're good. Hopefully, hopefully we they're can good. win it. But it's it's not like it was last season. And it's not just because of John Morant's like, change and improvement that he's made. Every player on that team has gotten significantly better. You know, Melton, yep. Bain especially, uh, Kyle, and then Steven Adams is actually becoming more of like a super underrated like trade for them and just to see even I, I was watching the game uh between memphis and uh, was it the jazz i think it might have been the jazz but there there was there was times where like steven adams would even just make these like super good hustle plays and like make winning decisions for them you know what i mean like i just think the team all in all, is going to be a super big surprise, and I, I, I think could even potentially make it to the third round this year. Who knows? Yeah, they're exciting. So, at this point, the Jazz are in the spot where they want to be, where nobody believes in us, and there's no expectations, and so there's nothing really to lose except for Jazz fans, even though we believe in the world out of them. But I think we've done better in situations where we were expected to be like completely blown out because. We've done better with less. Because then we're underdogs, right? I think as underdogs, the Jazz are great. I think we saw when we had the spotlight, we were the number one team in the NBA last season. We were expected to do everything, and we failed. Even being up 25 points in game six uh, against the the Clippers, you know. It's it's stuff like that where the mental can really collapse, and we don't have a team that's, like, super mentally strong. So... We'll see. A lot of things to see, and I think February is going to be a big component to see what uh, you know where how we're going to start the beginning after All Star break. But regardless, I just want jazz basketball back to the way it was. I I love the feeling of just being able to buy tickets and go to a jazz game, and be like, I know we're going to win tonight. You know. Because it's how it's been, yeah. right? Now I have to worry about, oh, uh, you know, Orlando's coming in. Are we going to win this game? You know, <laughs> and it's an actual, like, thing I have to think about. But 
I'm I'm just really excited for jazz basketball to be back to the way it is, and just to see Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell playing at the same time, I think is something we're all duly owed. So, yep. please get better. We love you. Everybody, please get better. Yep. Jordan Clarkson, please just play. Honestly, two if of Jordan Clarkson, there's times where Jordan just like. Like, yes, he'll throw up a bunch of stupid shots, but then there's times where, like, he realizes he's shooting bad and he plays ISO and he just goes to finish at the rim or if Rudy Gobert's there, he makes the pass. And I'm like, if you did this every single time, if that's how your, like, mental was, like, where you're like, I'm going to look to make the best play possible, he would be amazing and he would be less negative. If you just, just, like, stand in front of a defender and say, I'm going to stay in front of this defender, that'd be great. Yeah. Ah, crazy thought, right? Crazy thought. It's, just, it's crazy. funny because you think about how how we looked at Jordan Clarkson, and it's I think the reason we liked him so much is because he'd be the kind of person where you play on 2K and you have like the red meter where it's just like ultra contested and it still goes in and you're like, I'm better. <laughs> I'm a better player. You know what I mean? Like, right. You just made stupid shots and like now those stupid shots aren't falling all the time. But his shot selection is incredibly questionable. And I wonder if that's because, like, Quinn Snyder's literally been like, hey, you literally do whatever the heck you want. I don't I don't care. Just shoot. The leash is so long on that guy. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think of Quinn Snyder in, I, in this stretch of game? I want, a, I want an honest opinion. He's one stubborn bastard. I... I uh... I really agree with what Ben Downstead said on on Twitter. He's a he's a jazz writer. For anyone that doesn't know, like he that. said that he you wouldn't trade him for almost anyone. I don't understand when people say they want to fire Quinn Snyder because sure. when you fire Quinn Snyder, you get Jason Kidd or Chauncey Billups. That's how you end up in those situations. But he he could stand to be more like Tyloo. Tyloo's not is not. Uh, afraid to make crazy adjustments in order to win a basketball game. Uh, Quinn is a genius when it comes to thinking of systems and and routines and things that work, but he really sticks to them and he doesn't he doesn't like to to try new things. And I wish he would he would be willing to maybe lose some games to 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 try new things. No, I want to ask you. You know, saying that um, Carson. Do you believe that it's stubbornness because he wants to be right? Or does he literally just have that much faith in his players that he will literally like put his job on the line to trust them? Oh, it's absolutely that. He yeah. is always oh, yeah. been, he's always been a team team coach. A player's you can, coach. You can tell in press conferences it's that's that's the way it is. Because if yeah. it was him just wanting to be right, he'd go into these press conferences being like, Oh, we suck. We can't even do anything. Like, if he wanted to be right, he'd just call out some players. But the fact of the matter is he believes in them so much. And so his mm-hmm. press conferences are so... If you want to talk about Charmin Ultra Soft, it's those press conferences. <laughs> yeah. But... Anyway. Oh, man. It's been a tough time. But I, I think we're on the, on the lookup. On the other side of things, if you're not a Jazz fan, you know... There's a lot of teams that have a lot of really bright upside. And I think it's great as 
as horrible as all of the things that have happened to the Cavs, you know, and they're still just playing great. That's so promising. Because, like, you don't, you don't have to go all the way this year, right? But think about how many people are going to want to come play for Cleveland next year. You know, they're, they're going to have freaking suitors up the wazoo. And LeBron's going home. LeBron's going home. He might, honestly, at this point. <laughs> That's a way better team. But, I mean, all of them, I think they would all hate that. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because all of them has just been, like, we've literally been looked at as, like, you know, LeBron's, like, post uh, time here in Cleveland. Like, for the first time, Cleveland is excited for our team without LeBron since like right. 20 years ago you know what i mean and that's so cool undoubtedly he would make that team really good though <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe, maybe <laughs> if they did a deal where it's like hey i'm just gonna play here for one more season and like i'm not gonna trade anybody or anyone like i'm just gonna play here is that cool you know i could see that mm-hmm. who, who wouldn't want lebron on their team you know true i don't know but they look fun, really promising. I mean, they're literally number three in the Eastern Conference right now, 30-19, and 19, uh, which the funniest part about that is that the Jazz are 30-20. and 20. As horrible as we've been, we've lost, like, what, like 14 games in January or something like that, and we are still in the entire league. I think we're, like, still top. Oh, no. We've dropped up substantially, but that's, like, everybody's super close. We've won more games than a lot of teams, but I don't know. It's not terrible. <laughs> That's all I can say. Congratulations, uh, Phoenix Suns fans. You have a team that just wins, and it's great. And Warriors, man. Oof. Yeah. Youth, incredible. Memphis, amazing. I don't know. I'm. I'm just. Can we just go to the playoffs already? Because like, no. This is gonna be so exciting. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no. Let's not do that. Here, one last question for you guys. If you were to come to the second round, who would you rather play, the Suns or the Warriors? Warriors. Uh, play the Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, but Steph Curry. That's a that's a playoff step. Uh, that's the thing you, know you have to worry about. You have to worry about one player on all, by either team. The Jazz were in Ooh. in all of the games until until Steph Curry starts to go off, hey, and then the way that Chris Paul is, is he sits name, there. Man. They got an all star sits... starter on their team. Oh in their front court. The Suns, you sit there and they're like playing, they're keeping in the game, and then some players start to fall off, and then Chris Paul's like, okay, fine, I'll take some shots, and then they're fine. It's. I'd rather. I'd rather play the Warriors. <laughs> All right. I. I probably would say the same thing. I'm terrified of the Phoenix Suns. Anyway, I'm terrified of both. Um, true. Well, that's actually true. Yeah. I think the lesser of two evils is clear. Um. Yeah. It's kind of funny because like all of our games with them have been super close. True. Even at no at no health. If that tells you, even when we're playing bad. But, all right, guys, let's go ahead, um, turn it off for the day. Uh, great conversations, and thanks for listening in. We've missed you. Good. <laughs>